This episode's been brought to you by the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund. For more information, please contact Texas Taekwondo Alumni at gmail.com. Greetings, Horns. This is Coach Mike, and welcome to Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. In today's episode, Coach Hector, Bobby, Daniel, and myself reminisce on old times in Texas Taekwondo. We also discuss how the goals of Texas Taekwondo have had to adjust because of today's norm of social distancing. Before we get started, I just want to say again, happy birthday, Hector. Hey, thank you. It was quite the interesting <laughs> birthday, I would say. Yeah. It was very interesting. <laughs> um, I yeah. Uh, I mean, last minute, I threw a Zoom birthday party, you know, given the circumstances. Uh, I kept joking about it. And then yesterday, which was my birthday, I was like, you know what? Why not? Let me just try to throw this. And I think I got almost 30 people on a Zoom call. It was wow. It was a disaster. I know you guys made it for a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I, I knew from the beginning it was going to be like that. Um, but it was just good seeing like some of old faces, you know, some of my friends I haven't seen in a while, at least if it was only yeah. through Zoom. Mm-hmm. But definitely a birthday I would remember forever. <laughs> hey, Hector. Yeah. Hector, you want to know who was uh, drawing um, things? Was it on... you? That... <laughs> I was I was probably the chief instigator, yeah. Ah. <laughs> Dang, that was you. <laughs> yeah, so, for, so for those that don't get it, so the only kind of structure I could come up last minute was like, okay, what can I do through a Zoom birthday party? So I thought, okay, let me just build some questions about myself and let people kind of like answer them and like give people different chances to answer them. But I am completely new to Zoom and I don't know how it works. And apparently Daniel like kept drawing over my questions and people couldn't see them. Like I said, it was it was the expected disaster. Uh, I should have giving myself more time to structure that but no, i don't know no, it was no. <laughs> hold on hold on, was, hold on hold on i wasn't drawing was i wasn't I the it. one drawing over them i was the one pointing to the right answers and all that you know oh uh, spoiler so yeah. you knew, you, with, with yeah, the arrows you knew most of them I did, yeah. yeah or i guess most <laughs> you, of them yeah yeah i know that's another thing it's like it was like mostly of like very close people so like most of them knew most of the answers so, yeah, it was kind of hard to, like, randomly pick someone that might not know the answer. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> thank you guys for what making it. What I thought was funny, what I thought was funny was, again, you just dropped a link in Slack and little to no details. You just said it was your birthday. And then all of a sudden, everybody signs in and automatically, without instruction or anything, everybody had a drink. Everybody had a drink well, well, ready to go. So... <laughs> I, I I did inform other people to have a drink uh, ready. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I I guess my original plan was like, you know what? Uh, hopefully people will sing happy birthday to me and we'll have a drink and end it in five minutes. You know, because I didn't want to like <laughs> blow it because I know people would probably get uh either bored. But then I thought about it. You know what? People don't have anything to do right now, so let's roll with it. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then of course, forty the forty limit hit. Because uh, I do not have do not have a paid Zoom account, and that was what kicked everyone out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a good time. Yeah, um, that was definitely fun. That was a first for me as well. I'm sure that was a first for everybody. Um, but uh, definitely memorable. So again, happy 25th birthday! Thank you. Yes, that's correct. Uh, happy Happy birthday, young man! Halfway away from being 30. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, well, so yeah, with. Again, that's just a reflection of how our new daily life has adjusted. So, I mean, for the most part, everyone seems to be doing all right, given the situation. We're all adapting and evolving. How's, um, what kind of new adjustments are y'all doing or making for this new daily life for y'all? For me personally, I feel I always kind of look, start looking at the bright side of things. Uh, for example, I've been working a lot on my thesis. Uh, I've been doing a lot of progress, which is good. I've been calling people I haven't seen in years. So it's weird to think that something that should be distancing us is, well, for me personally, like, has made me, like, be, like, brought me closer to some, like, of my old friends I haven't, like, hit up in a while. 
I don't know about uh, you, Daniel. What are you? What have you been? I mean, that's actually an observation that I I made as well. It's like, despite not seeing as many people in person as often, I feel like I just have more time to think about what's really important in life, and that is, you know, the people that I don't see as often, the people I don't talk to, and the people that are far away. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've spent more time talking to people, hanging out with them, video chatting, calling, whatever. Um, and occasionally, you know, breaking quarantine with the odd one or two people that are really close to close to me to just to, to hang out and catch up and spend the day together and not really do anything, but just just be together. Mm. That's I think I think that's one interesting thing that's going to come out of this quarantine is like a lot of people are going to remember what it's like to. I don't know, I, I guess to to um, to live without as many distractions, you know, the Internet can be very distracting daily life can be very distracting um but the internet can also bring people together and i think that's what's what it's doing that's true it's really saving our butts right now abby you feel the same way yeah i've had a similar experience too how so um well i mean like um just reconnecting kind of with a lot of the old alumni group um I guess we've kind of got like a um, alumni chat, like, yeah, like a, a little chat group from a lot of the alumni from when me and Daniel were back in school. Um, so that, that's been cool. Just seeing everybody back in one. It's, it's almost like seeing like all these names in one place. And we used to physically be in one place in the Taekwondo room. And, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to see everybody like, you know, even if it's a chat room, it's, it's still cool. You know, people are, reading stuff people are you know just being themselves so um i mean yeah i think i think this is uh a thing we can all relate to just people kind of getting closer together and i've had old friends message me up uh who've had more time um to catch up with so yeah i think we've all experienced that yeah it's been pretty fun too i i I do have to agree with y'all about the whole reconnecting um i'm definitely spending more time with my kids you know i'm home um, all day now and uh, they're home from school we're in week three now and definitely spending a lot more time with the kids especially <laughs> my two daughters um, and what's interesting is we're doing our best to try to maintain some kind of schedule or routine that's the only way to prevent them from going insane and you know they're so used to a structured school so you know my wife she was a she was a teacher so she's really good at just coming up with lesson plans and keeping them engaged. Uh, but we had to come up with like a PE part of the schedule. So that's oh. where I jumped in. I am um, under PE coach for the time being. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, but it's been fun. So like I only I'm, I'm doing what what I knew I know best. So I have been teaching them Taekwondo about oh. an hour, an hour and a half every day. Oh. And uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's been fun. And, and it's it's What's funny about it is when I started doing that, it reminded me of you, Hector, because you started Taekwondo with your dad, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That is correct. So my Taekwondo journey started because my dad used to do Taekwondo. And apparently when I was three and a half years old, I would like kept jumping into the mats while he was in class. And (laughs) they finally put me in class. And yeah, it started at three and a half and... Honestly, yeah, my, my dad used to coach me. He would used to, like, take me to tournaments, take me everywhere. So um, that's honestly how I'm, like, super close to my dad because we used to train basically every day together. And that's wow. something I miss so much. Really? Mm-hmm. Man. Uh, so, so, I mean, that, that's, that's precisely why I thought of you when I started training my girls. Um, and, and it's, you know what's funny? And I'm sure your dad will say the same thing. I'm sure he learned a lot from teaching and coaching you too, because I'm learning so much, not just about them, but about myself. And I'm almost re-examining and relearning everything I've known about Taekwondo for like the past 30 years. You know, they teaching them from the very beginning, it's taken me back to a time in my life that I haven't explored in like over 25 years. Like what was it like to be a little kid at the very beginning of Taekwondo. And it's, it's been amazing. It's, it's been really, really fun. With the way things are now, how's everyone 
adjusting or evolving their workout routine. Is there still a workout routine? Have we had to change our goals? Um, well, <laughs> I'll be a little bit honest here. So I actually recently came back from Europe, uh, as some of you all might know. And yesterday I completed my two-week quarantine. And throughout those two weeks, you know, coming back from a trip, it's kind of like this weird like time, like kind of readjusting to the time zone and all that stuff. So first week I wasn't really working out. And then I started noticing, like, you know, I haven't done anything all day long. And I'm, like, super tired. Like, I'm super low energy. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and then I realized, you know what? I, I haven't worked out. And this week, I started, like, you know, going on for a run, like, doing some push-ups, pull-ups. And, like, yeah, I'm being more energized. So it's weird to think that, well, I guess it's not weird. But, yeah, you got to work out to, like, keep your metabolism going and, like, keep your energy going. And that's, yeah, I need to pick it up. Bobby, what about you? Um, <laughs> so I pretty much with this whole quarantine thing, my schedule hasn't changed too drastically. Um, I'm still kind of going to work for the most part. I didn't go out too much anyway, um, maybe to come up to Austin or whenever we had an event for Texas Taekwondo, um, I'd get out of the house, but every, I mean, I don't really get out of the house as much anyway, in all honesty. Um, yeah, my workout routine has basically been non-existent. My mom reminds me every day is like, didn't you used to be like track captain in high school? Didn't you used to like run around the neighborhood every day? What happened? Huh? What happened? I was like, I don't know, mom. That was like seven wow, or eight you're years being ago. Called out by your own mother. <laughs> Are you saying you're? <laughs> yeah. Are you saying you're... Oh, Are you saying you're like the meme versus like, oh, everyone needs to social distance, and then Ari's like, oh. I've been doing that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> like, when I was in Arizona, um, and I live by myself, and sometimes I would just kind of get um, really deep into, like, that, I guess, hermit mode. And that's literally what my friends would mm. call it over there, where I would just stay at home, not get out except for work, and just I have plenty of ways to entertain myself at home. And my friends would always be like, hey, man, can you, like, come out of your, like, you know, little apartment and come hang out and stuff? And I'm, and basically, that was social distancing. I just didn't know it. So, uh, sorry to say that, unfortunately, I'm really good at this stuff. Bro. Daniel, you're still not chasing games anymore, are you? I'm just trying to keep the pounds off. That's all I'm doing. Uh, every day, I look in the mirror and, yeah. and I take a... Take a quick, you know, feel of the love handles. Make sure nothing's creeping up on me. Um, yeah, no, I think I mentioned uh, last episode that I had pretty much radically changed my workout style. Um, definitely not as frequent, not as regular. You know, I had a program before and I haven't had time to sit down and whip one up for uh, my new uh, environment. But uh, I'll run occasionally. Um, Yoga is definitely a huge part of that. Um, and it's it's like both mental and physical, because yeah. some of those moves get really, really hard, really demanding, and you work up a sweat. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually, after this, I'm going to go do some boxing drills with a friend, because, um, yeah, I've, I've been doing MMA for a while, and then even before the quarantine, our school um, was going to move, and they closed down for a while, and then this happened. So I've got my pair of gloves sitting there unused for a while. I figured I might as well mm -hmm. throw a few yeah. punches. Um, yep. Yeah. So... Still trying to figure things out, but like like Hector said, you can definitely your body and your mind knows when you have been working out, and it really drags you down. Um, yeah. So I'm just doing whatever I can to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm 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 trying to stay active. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, I'm really happy to see that that push up challenge going around. Have you all seen that? Have any of y'all been called out on that yet? That C10 you know, do 10. You know, uh, I keep getting called on it, and I usually don't. Do, I usually don't do challenges. I do yeah. appreciate them, but I'm not one of them challenges. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a man of yeah. principle. That's what you are. <laughs> Stick to your guns. Like it, 10. It's like it's like that. Uh, I haven't fallen for the challenges. I have not downloaded TikTok, and I forgot what was the other one. Uh. <laughs> I mean, someone sent those challenges my way, so like maybe that'll force me to actually, or pressure me to actually. Hey, do how something. about we start a coach's challenge? 
I, I would, I would, I would, I would definitely do that for sure. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of our athletes jump on board that push-up challenge, and I'm gonna be brutally honest. I'm seeing some really bad form on push-ups out there. <laughs> 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 I'm seeing some bad form. Is that what Sherry was talking uh, yeah. about the other day? So I, <laughs> I love Sherry. She's technically not one of our athletes anymore. Um, she, I did critique her form a little bit, yeah. Um, but there's one, one I did call out, and he had the most hilarious response. It was Yash. Really? Yash did some push-ups, and he goes, I haven't done these in a while, and he started doing them. And so I sent him a private message on Instagram. I said uh yeah i i guess i came across as like a, a coach tone i said one um i'm glad to see you doing push-ups continue doing this and continue videoing them and then two i want you to continue it so i can continue to critique you about it <laughs> <laughs> and, and his response was like i i can't tell if you're joking or if you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a yash response <laughs> yeah um so yash if you're listening my critique for your push-ups are your elbows are too far out. You've got to bring your your grip, your 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 width, your hand width a little bit closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's making their adjustments and adapting to the situation I mean, in the weird ways. Yeah, speaking of like a challenge could be challenging our athletes. I don't know, send a a video of their fights and we can critique them or something like that. That'll be interesting. Oh yeah, I like that. Um, but yeah, we can definitely talk about that later. Coach Mike, do you want to do a uh, a push up um, seminar, push up clinic? You know, push ups, pull ups, <laughs> body. Bo- hey, hey, that, there's an idea. You know, just body weight, uh, body weight exercises clinic. Teach people how to do it right so that they can do it in a sustainable way, not injure themselves. Oh, son of a bitch! I think I just volunteered myself for something, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's a good idea. You know, um, th- this is actually a really good time to kind of reflect and reexamine the types of form we have, the mm-hmm. exercises we do all the time. It's not a bad idea. I'll I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll pencil that one in. Mm. So those are our workout goals. What kind of Taekwondo goals are we setting for ourselves as coaches? You know, I know that we had discussed and actually written down some of the goals we had for this year of course with the way that this year is unraveling we've had to make some adjustments and we've had to kind of put some on the back burner are we still able to hold um taekwondo goals right now i mean i feel uh if you had a personal goal you committed yourself uh either at the beginning of the semester the beginning of last year you can definitely modify that uh for me personally it's like okay like what things of, regarding Taekwondo have we not done because we, we didn't have time and kind of exploring that and see what can be done since given that we have more time now. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of limited pretty much um, with our Taekwondo goals um, and we need to make sure safety is our top priority with that. But I mean, that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. That's kind of the whole point of our our virtual workouts we'll be doing is, you know, keep that community, keep that energy. Um, so we can take that. And whenever everything finally goes back to normal, we can take that same energy that we're putting in right now and, uh, keep it towards the next collegiate, next competition and really not kind of skip a beat at all. Flexibility. That's a, that's a very concrete answer to uh, uh, what could have been a very abstract question. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things that, again, like like Coach Abi said, there's a lot of things that we don't get a chance to work on when we're in the midst of competition and school and just being in the moment. And now that we step out of it, there's a lot of personal things. You know, Taekwondo is a, uh, at least sparring, is an adversarial sport. You know, you're competing against someone else. Right. Uh, but you got to keep in mind that when you're training and when you're competing, you're also competing against yourself. You know, you're competing against your your inner uh, demons, your limitations. Um, and so even though you are now alone, you're quarantined, you're isolated, you can still work on those um, inner opponents. So, yeah. Wow. I know. That was a that was a deep way of saying I need to stretch more because I'm going <laughs> to pull something if I try to throw a headshot. <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah, you took something, you took a one word answer and you stretched it out. It's probably one of the deepest. <laughs> stretched it out. Ever. Stretched it out. A. Yeah. A. Oh, <laughs> there yeah. it is. Yeah. Whatever. Don't, in, of the podcast. Whatever, Don't encourage him. <laughs> whatever philosophical moment you had, you just lost it right there. No, I don't care. I don't care. I'm taking this one. I'm it's all down. No, it absolutely is. My personal goals were for this year were to um, be more consistent with engagement with the athletes, uh, to build a stronger, more personal relationship. And that came about because I realized, you know, after Teddy was born and a little bit before that, you know, during, during the pregnancy that, uh, you know, I would only engage or converse with athletes when I went up to Austin or at tournaments. And I caught myself a few times meeting an athlete for the first time as I was walking them to their match. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's definitely learning on the fly a little too, too uncomfortable for me. So my personal goal this year was to establish those relationships ahead of time and, you know, amplify or better our chances of success because we had that rapport going before that. And I think even though with the way things are now, I think we can still, at least I, I can still accomplish that Um, kind of going back to that whole, you know, we can reconnect a little bit more focused now, you know, there's no more distractions. We can focus on those relationships. We are exploring other options such as this podcast or um, this new online syllabus, essentially that uh, coach Joe is rolling out. I do like the goal or the way that coach Joe phrased it um, for us. Um, coming out of this whole situation stronger and more focused than before. And his description (laughs) of it is kind of like, um, like, like, like someone coming out of prison (laughs) all, all jacked. (laughs) Okay. Like someone coming out of prison, small and highly intellectual, right? (laughs) Right. You've got nothing to do. Leaving behind a life of crime. Yeah. You know, You've got nothing to do in the pen but work out and read. So that's essentially what we're doing. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty neat that we can take something like this and focus our energy to improve ourselves. You know, something, take a negative and turn it into a positive. I agree. Gosh, this Friday, this upcoming up Friday, you know what? We, we would have been on a flight. Um, out to collegiate going out to collegiates can y'all believe that yeah, yeah that's right so that would have been in a few days gosh it's just crazy you know this is like the first year that we were trying to be ahead of the curve we were trying to get our logistics in place and uh all this had to happen you know yeah i think um there's so many of like i'm at first it was just kind of like we you know collegiates getting canceled i was like oh man that's one aspect of all of this and then i started kind of seeing all these other different different world like events just kind of like i was keeping track like south by southwest canceled um you know different different things just kind of like all saying hey this isn't the right time to do this so that kind of just like highlighted the fact like this is so out of left field um well yeah we did have everything you know our everything our all our eggs in in order this was such a kind of a free thing um, that this whole pandemic spread as far as yeah. it did that it's not really, yeah, it is sad. Like, man, we, it would have been great to see all our improvement manifest itself at collegiates. But one, I still think we can do that if they do hold it in the fall. And two, it's good confidence for even next year when we have to prepare for collegiates and that's um, for next spring. And we know like, hey, we were on top of our stuff last year. We can do that again this year. And hopefully there's no global pandemic to cancel <laughs> collegiates. One piece of conversation that stands out, I think it was like a, a comment or something from Nihar or Arnov, you know, the officers. And they're talking about, you know, they made that exact comment like, man, we – like the first time that we tried to do everything right and ahead of time, ahead of schedule, and then all this happened. And 
you know, I, I didn't know what to tell them. I didn't know. I, I knew I wanted to say something, but I didn't quite know. But, you know, honestly, for them, those two young guys, you know, I, I think they did awesome. There's a silver lining, you know, just because they did all that hard work and it didn't turn out the way they, they wanted it to. That whole experience of being under pressure, doing the organizational administrative stuff that was required in ahead of time. That's a big accomplishment. I mean, you still have, you know, fortune 500 companies that don't operate on that level that still drop the ball on things like that. So, you know, the type of experience they gained from that is definitely, definitely invaluable, you know, definitely on the professional level. And, um, you know, if they hear that, they hear this, you know, I hope they remember that it's, it was very invaluable lesson that they won't get anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, and even, uh, well, I'm just kind of speaking from experience when I was an officer, but even like I messed up some things back then. And those were also some like really valuable experiences for myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, for I, I don't want them to think they're just college kids and, you know, they're 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 dropping the ball, you know those types of things happen all the way up to professional level. So they're, they're definitely, they're doing it right. They're doing it right. That's what I'd like to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of, um, just even in my, uh, no, no matter where I've worked, I've seen adults that are, you know, old enough to be my dad, you know, again, they're humans, they make mistakes and they've dropped the ball every, every now and then. And that still happens, but it's um, the ability to kind of take ownership of that and be accountable. It's like, hey, that's on me, um, and I'm going to do what I need to do to fix that mistake. I'm kind of seeing that, especially like just in any officer group over the years. They have to uh, go through that themselves, and they're going to be so much better prepared for the workforce uh, in their future, in their career. There's a lot of parallels that – as we've all worked together with officer group, there's a lot of parallels to a real life workplace that they're learning right now. They're learning communication. They're learning accountability. These are things that adults that I work with still don't know properly, or they just ignore, or it's not important. And I always thought going into the workforce that my technical ability was what was really going to hold, like, you know, just like being able to be good at my job was really kind of what makes the difference between an employee between any two employees so uh, what i'm really finding out more is just the more intangible kind of things communication accountability um availability just things like that that you don't really think about in college and you just think oh i just got to make sure i'm like really smart or really good at what i do and i'll be fine there's so much more um to being a professional than just that. And that's kind of what I'm seeing a lot of the officers learning. And again, they're going to be so much more better prepared in the workforce because of it. What is it like to be an officer? (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. I I think one, one word that actually sums it up pretty well that everything that we've been talking about is, is flexibility is being able to deal with new situations, new environments, new challenges, (laughs) new people. Um, and just be, just to be able to accept it as it is for what it is and say, doesn't matter. I'm rolling with the punches. I'm going to judo flip you and, you know, make you, make you make, make this problem my solution, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, if I were to throw in a word, it would be attitude. You know, um, you, that's the one thing you can control out of all this. Correct. Your attitude. Um, it, it, you know, it's interesting too, because, um, you know, when, when Joe and I, sit down and we, we reflect a lot on you know where we are right now in our professional lives and then where we are in our personal lives and where Taekwondo is uh, we both agreed and we're, we're very similar in this fashion we we get together and then when there's something wrong with where we work out we complain about it to each other you know we vent to each other about our job and we always try to give suggestions or advise on you know solutions of how we could fix that problem at our own personal jobs and we both 
do the same thing. We'd much rather take those solutions that we come up with and fix it in Taekwondo <laughs> instead of our own jobs. <laughs> you know, like all the lessons we learn at our jobs, <laughs> we'd much rather apply it to Taekwondo as an organization. And it's funny because we both do it and we didn't realize that we we're doing it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And we, we find better results or better success rates with Texas Taekwondo than we do at our jobs, mainly because maybe because we care more about it. I don't know. <laughs> I'd hate to say that, um, but it's true. You know, in some specific examples were um, personality conflicts. You know, Coach Joe and I are always complaining about certain personalities at our jobs. And then, you know, we know what the solution is. We'll identify it. But then we'll just apply it to Texas Taekwondo instead and get much better results. I don't know if you all have felt the same way. Yeah, kind of. Um, there's definitely times where I've had, you know, personality conflicts at work. And for the most part, I'm able to navigate through them and kind of, you know, smooth them out organically. But I definitely think I'm more invested to applying, like to making sure that I am, I guess I can work more with everybody in Texas Taekwondo, that I have a good relationship with everybody in Texas Taekwondo, athletes, officers, coaches. I'm more invested in making sure that I'm doing um, everybody, I'm giving everybody there my best than necessarily and my best in terms of like my personality, my attitude, then to be honest, my actual job more so. And I say that because again, I actually have people I care about in Texas Taekwondo and I'm actually personally invested in a lot of people there and you know, my friendships, my relationships, everything, those kind of play a part into it and make me want to try harder in fixing anything that could be fixed. Whereas opposed to jobs, people change jobs every now and then through the years. Sometimes some situations are tough to work around. Some people are, can be, you know, tough to deal with. And I know there's plenty of situations at work where there are guys who are like, hey, we work together, but we're not friends. We're not buddies. And that's the way it stays. Again, I've been in great work. Uh, I've been in situations where people are, everyone's very kind and very professional with each other. And I've been in situations where people are just, look, we work together and that's about it. So sometimes a lot of that is just because our jobs can be, are in a such more larger and more mm -hmm. static environment. Things are very much going to be as they are or at least as man like the management structure dictates that in Texas Taekwondo, I think we have more power to kind of um, change our relationships and make things kind of, you know, on our own terms. So that's why I kind of say like, I, I definitely think I put more effort into building relationships in Texas Taekwondo than I do oh, at my own job. Yeah. I want to go against the grain here um, <clears throat> and say, well, not, uh, not necessarily. I just kind of want to flip the question on its, on its head or the, the premise on its head and say, um, I actually do use a lot of things that I learned at Texas Taekwondo at my job, and I test them out at Texas Taekwondo first because in this environment, it's it's just a safer environment. You can fail and not fail mm. completely, if you if you get what I mean. So like, I know wow. I know because I've been through the program as a, a club member, a team member, an officer, president, coach. I know what kind of support structure we have at Texas Taekwondo. I know that the officers, the coaches, the members are always willing to step up if something goes wrong. And for that very reason, I can, you know, be a little more, uh, take, take bigger risks, take the risks that I wouldn't normally do in my ordinary life. Um, and I can try things out and then apply these, you know, leadership strategies to my work life because I've, you know, proven that they work in the uh, Texas Taekwondo environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I I would mm -hmm. say that there's there's always there's some back and forth between, you know, this organization and real life. I say in air quotes. Um, there's <laughs> there's things that both sides can learn from each other, or both sides of me can learn from the other. Yeah. Now, as as you were, you know, exploring the other 
side of that conversation, it made me realize we're pretty damn fortunate to have the opportunity to have another organization to evolve and grow in, right? Because you know, I, I, I have to imagine that the normal uh, evolution of, of life and professional life for a college grad is you go to college, you graduate, and then you just jump straight into the workforce. And that's your, that's your sole organization that you're learning and developing your skills and, you know, personal relationships, professional relationships. Whereas in, with Texas Taekwondo, that is another opportunity for us to explore these methods and apply these solutions, right? So we have double the opportunity than most people. How's everyone's health? I mean, are we still getting injured from Taekwondo? Or working out. I will. Age. <laughs> yeah. I will say yes. that every time mm-hmm. I go to Austin and I either step or I just jump into practice, something hurts afterwards. <laughs> There's always something that wor- that hurts, um, and that's probably because you know Taekwondo is a very unique sport that you shouldn't just jump in like like you've been doing it for a while you know and that's kind of how how i go into it i get too excited i do things i probably can do but shouldn't and then the following day like either my lower back hurts or like something hurts (laughs) yeah that's how whenever so when i was in arizona i definitely did try and get back into like a, a workout routine and there were times where i was like this is it this is this is where i commit this is where i get back on the train and i you know get my abs back and, you know, I'll, I'll go to a gym and I had a gym on site at my job and it, I had every resource I needed. I just was very lazy. So whenever I would finally force myself into the gym or even to go out running, I'd always push. I'd always, you know, feel I'd get that, you know, feeling of like, man, I'm back into it. I'm, I'm, I'm I still got it. And I'll push myself too, too much on that first try. I'll try lifting more than I really should try. You know, it's like, oh, I could do this back in college. I could probably still do it now. I wonder, I bet I've gotten even stronger. And no, I, I end up not. He pushed his I, internet too hard. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Don't strain something there, Avi. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> Daniel, what about you? Um, yeah, what about me? I don't know. I think in contrast to everyone, I've kind of figured out that I never really had an ego when it came to, to Taekwondo and kicking. And I, I do see myself falling into that trap Ooh. occasionally of, all right, I'm on the mat. Let's go. Let's let's throw a headshot. Woo. Um, but I feel like I'm, I'm able to catch myself when it comes to that. I, I think more most of my injuries recently have been, uh, like you said, more age related, like uh, I've got this. I've got this pain mm. in my uh, my wrist that's been nagging me for a couple months now. Um, I, I forget what I was doing. I think I was just I overstrained it from too much like rock climbing and stuff, and just <laughs> too much gripping. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and, and it's been hurting, and I let it rest, and I haven't done anything on it, and it's it's still like it, it twinges every now and then. Um, and that, that just kind of gets me into this spiral of mortality of like, like, I'm 25, my body shouldn't be breaking down like this, but, (laughs) um, but, but I, 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 again, brings me back to like, I need to take care of myself. I need to work on, you know, the, my foundation. So again, flexibility, um, core strength, things that, you know, are, are not necessarily the most fun to train, um but will help you prevent injuries in the future. Um, but although I will say that yeah. I feel like injuries are a part of Taekwondo, whether you like it or not. Um, oh, you know <laughs> all about that, huh, Hector? Yeah. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> they happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel like I struggle yeah. with injuries every single year in my Taekwondo career at Texas Taekwondo. And yeah, they're a challenge in itself of, as to how you deal with them. And they definitely hit hard, both physically and mentally. More, more, more on the mental emphasis, I would say. I'm going down the list here. I think I know most of y'all's injuries. You know, um, 
Hector's got his groin shot, uh, Avi with a broken hand, and Daniel. I don't know what nothing kind of really, injuries Nothing Daniel really that had. shows on the outside, you know? Um, <laughs> I, I was just chronically in aches and pains, but nothing nothing as severe as these two guys. Um, see, I got no I ego. Mean, I have no ego. Mm. I'm not looking to beat you guys in any injury competition. <laughs> I mean, mine weren't awful i broke my hand it was honestly more mental than physical. like it was a two-month recovery um so it wasn't nearly as long as some other injuries i would have i would think mines were honestly more so like every time i'd be at a tournament competing all those little knickknacks and, and bruises um i'd get like a couple contusions in my leg every now and then those actually really hurt and uh, those were the injuries that were really those would kind of weigh on my mind. I'm like, man, it's like every time I felt like I would go to a tournament, I wouldn't, I would come out of it just like feeling like physically kind of just completely banged up, and I wasn't able to really push myself as much as I could in that following week of practice. And again, I know the tournament schedule we have now; it's we do way more uh, sparring than we did. Um, when I was in school and I, I couldn't even imagine like going back to back weeks of, you know, whether it's a scrimmage or a tournament, just being able to recover and then just going back in it. I'm really envious of the guys who do that today where they'll go to that Dallas tournament, turn around, go to the A&M scrimmage and, you know, they still get plenty of fights in. And back for me, I was always thinking like, man, I, I just got, you know, all these injuries that really hurt from this last tournament, I don't think I could go and fight properly the next. So yeah, the in even when I was younger, even when I was like 20, 21, 22, I still would get injured and you know, it wasn't a so I don't think for me, it's an age thing, even though I'm sure my age has shown up in other places, but <laughs> it's more so just fighting smart and kind of protecting yourself. Like I always noticed like kind of like Sherry and I guess Daniel yeah. too, like they're, I guess they were able to fight in a way that they were able to protect, protect themselves better. And again, some injuries are, you know, it's, it's hard to avoid or it's, they can be freak accidents, but I guess there are ways of training and taking care of your body where you can prevent these injuries. You know, and it's, it's also funny how like it affects your fighting style afterwards. <laughs> so, for example, my, for example, my <laughs> freshman year, I actually injured my ankle, um, and that I I feel like that's why I got second place in collegiates my first year, because I was basically fighting with one leg on my last final. I'm like, yeah, my final match, uh, yeah. And back then, my oh, wow. favorite kick was the Padochagi, and and that's the like I couldn't stop throwing it even though my ankle just hurt. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was just, like, I, I used to call it instinct. I remember, like, talking to Joe, like, in uh, the rest period between fights, and I told him, like, my ankle's injured, and he was just like, well, just don't throw the Padochai you've been throwing all the time. And I just couldn't stop. <laughs> it was, it, I mean, and this was, like, my first year fighting at Collegiates. I was still pretty old school. Um, it was a different style of fighting. But... Um, yeah, like yeah. after that, I like really taught myself to like really control my urges of throwing that potochagi. <laughs> those weren't key ups; those were screams of pain. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Ah! <laughs> God, why? <laughs> and this guy is really intense. Hector, I was. Always, I actually was. Uh, I actually wanted that, like you know, that potochagi, like instinctual, like you and Abraham that always had that and yeah. actually I remember I was working with coach Martin to kind of develop that myself because I was like I, I wanted that I, I always thought it was like a great instinct to have like uh, <laughs> anytime I had to fight you I'd always have to watch but my, I had to watch my distance because of height but more so I had to watch your your panchagi because I knew like you know anytime I come in that it was coming and I, I I wanted that for myself I wanted that in my belt and I definitely tried working on that and I don't think I ever got it to where it was instinctual, but it's just funny to kind of hear where it was not necessarily the best thing for you, but for me, <laughs> I was thought like, man, I'd love to have that. <laughs> yeah, it was a very old, old, 
yeah, I guess old style and very typical of Mexican fighters. Mexican fighters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I... <laughs> it's true. I mean, uh, fighting in Texas most of my career, um, the at the local tournaments, or some of the bigger ones, they'd have, they'd always come up with a USA team and a Mexico team. And I would see a lot of Mexican fighters. And yeah, man, Parachegui all day. I love the Parachegui. So I remember the first time I saw Hector fight at Collegiate. I think um, they were live streaming it from San Diego. And I have to admit, Hector, your your fights were my favorite ones to watch because you'd sit there and your <laughs> Parachegis were so sharp. Um, I, I loved watching it. I, would, I, I remember um, <laughs> I was essentially cheering and yelling at the TV screen <laughs> just because mm. it was like a very exciting match. To uh, watch, yeah, I guess a little, a little bit of context for the people that don't uh, know. Uh, I grew up in the border town, so my Taekwondo career started on the Mexican side. I used to, yeah, so I used to compete in like the uh, state qualifiers. I, and yeah, yeah, basically Mexico. Um, and I think the furthest I ever competed yeah. was like Dallas once, but yeah, I usually like, it was if it was in Texas, it was usually like San Antonio tournaments. Um, but yeah, it was interesting mm-hmm. doing that shift. Once I got to Texas Taekwondo, it's a big shift. I have to admit, my my worst injuries in Taekwondo, um, the one I can think of, it didn't come from sparring or from a tournament. Really? Uh, it actually came from a demo. Uh, yeah, it was a demo in Gregory Gym. Um, my move was a 540 kick. I, was uh, board, I knew it was board breaking. The 540 kick. Yeah. And um, I guess whoever got the boards, they got the wrong type of wood. Uh, and they were still kind brutal. of wet. So they weren't very um, easy to break. So, yeah. So with a 540 kick, you're supposed to kick all the way through and land with the foot mm. that you kick with, right? And so essentially, I came up for the kick. My foot got caught on the board. And since my other foot's also in the air, that's essentially both feet up in the air. And so I'm landing straight on my upper body. So I just came down way too hard on my ribs and on my wrist. And it, it was in the middle of Gregory Gym um, in the atrium. Mm-hmm. So it was just a hard floor to come crashing down on. And so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm anything. I don't think I did. But, you know, my wrist was never the same since. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. That's where my worst Taekwondo injury came from, not from sparring, but from a demo. One thing I do think is um, I do like to see, and uh, I hate to cut you off like that, Avi, uh, is the concussion protocol these days. Because um, I remember getting banged in the head a lot um, back then. And, you know, I, I still remember vividly getting kicked in the head with spin hook kicks. And it would be like a grenade going off the side of my head. Like everything would be ringing afterwards, but I'd have to continue to match. I can remember that a number of times. Nowadays, if you get dinged in the head that bad, I mean, they'll, they'll examine you and all that. Yeah. I mean, that's probably for the best, given all the concussion developments, especially with like, you know, football over the past couple of years. So that's yeah. probably for the best. I was going to say earlier, um, Hector, do you remember that collegiates? It's probably your first collegiates. And right before your match was up, there was like a dude who just got like knocked so hard in the stomach that he just lets, and again, probably, you know, not the most uh, best image to put in your head, but the dude just could not stop puking in the middle of the ring. And they had to, they had to oh, do a full sanitation. Oh. Yes, I, def- yeah. I would definitely remember that. I just remember really saying like please please let me be red i think his side was blue i was like please let please let me be red oh. and of course i got blue <laughs> you were oh. i remember you were gonna fight in that ring and you were just like deathly afraid of having to do something <laughs> Hector, I, Hector, I guess you could say he uh blue chunks <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I'm gonna Boo. clap for myself because no one here is clapping. Uh, I need to kick this guy off. Um, oh my god! But you know, like with uh, every whatever bad experience or whatever, it's just anecdotes, you know, that you can later tell. Um. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely not gonna remember. Not gonna forget that one. <laughs> I think I, 
we can go into this on a different episode, but you guys remember the time that uh, Coach Martin lost his luggage? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That... Yeah, 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 I was trying to bring that up earlier. I think that's a whole different episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that would take... That would... It'll take a while to dissect and like really <laughs> <laughs> dissect the hardships that travel travel snafus. I mean, yeah, we've that all could had be... that. That could be the title of the episode. <laughs> Do you remember when Coach Martin? Was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll go a little bit into my famous injury. Um, so, uh, speaking of mental how it affects you mentally when you guys see me fighting right now you will most certainly see me with my cup on correct <laughs> and there's like oh yeah <laughs> all the time and there's this upside down smiley face and <laughs> <laughs> on my cup and you know it's funny and all but for me it has a double meaning it's like that bittersweet of like you know this cup kind of saved me but at the same time didn't <laughs> Um, so I'll go, I'll talk to my groin injury. Um, it was my last year at Texas Taekwondo and Joe, it was like the pre, I guess like when HP kind of started, it was still not called HP. Um, and I know we went to this seminar up in Dallas, I believe, uh, right after, right before spring semester started. So it was January. So we drive up there. And I was already having a bad weekend because I was kind of sick. So it was like a three-day seminar, I believe. So I missed, I believe I missed the second day. And then for the third day, we were doing, we were sparring. Um, so I'm like pumped up, you know, ready to like kick it a little bit. And I get paired up with this guy from, I think, NYU. Um, and we start, we put our gear on. And so, of course, you know, cut games, the way to do it. Uh, I started throwing some a few cuts, and I think I only th- threw three cuts because on my third one, guess what? This is going to be kind of ironic. He potto-chugged me. <laughs> no. Oh, man. <laughs> Blast from the past. He potto-chugged me uh, as I threw a very high cut straight into my cup, into my groin, and I just collapsed. Oh. I could not move for 15 minutes in the ring. I know Coach da- Damn. I know Coach Daniel was there. It took him an hour to take me to the restroom because I could not walk. Oh. It it was definitely my worst energy, uh, worst injury. And then I spent another hour at the restroom, just laying down, contemplating my life. Why do I do taekwondo? <laughs> you know, I seen my groin. <laughs> um, yeah, it was oh, it was rough. Um. I know Joe had to drive my truck back because I couldn't even drive. It was that bad. Um, and I think the worst oh. part out of it was that, so I was preparing for the U.S. Open. And, you know, it was kind of like my last, well, I'm not going to say my last because I know I would jinx it. But for me, it was like, in my, it was like my kind of like my last like t- chance to like compete in like a, you know, international level tournament. So I had signed up for U.S. Open, which was happening like, I guess, in a few weeks. Yeah, I think February. And this was January. We were prepping for that. And I invited my dad. So this was also kind of like, oh, like my dad hasn't seen me fight in years. So I invited my old master. So we, we all had tickets to go to Vegas. And they're going to go see me fight at the U.S. Open. And with that injury, like that changed everything. Oh, and I'll explain even more details. <laughs> So <laughs> there's more yep. that, there's that more. injury caused a lot of, yeah, a lot of events. So we drive back from Dallas on the Sunday. Um, I think it was MLK day on Monday. So we had no school, but it, it was also that year. It was so cold and all the roads were icy and I personally don't have health insurance. So I usually just go to Mexico when I either get sick or injured and on Monday, you know, the pain on my groin was still really, really bad. And I was like, okay, if it doesn't get better, like, I'll just drive to Mexico on Tuesday. And, yeah, it didn't get better. So, on Tuesday, I was like, okay, I'm going to drive to San Antonio. 
and my dad was going to pick me up there so he can drive back to Mexico. And I remember very clearly, like, the roads were icy. I knew I shouldn't be out there. And I remember texting Joe, like, hey, um, I'm just going to do it. I need to go to the doctor. Because he kept checking on me. And he's like, hey, be very careful. The roads are very icy. And I remember I didn't reply to that message. And I was, like, on the way. I almost, I was already in San Antonio. I was still on the highway. And 10 minutes away from my destination, I started fishtailing, like, at 50 miles per hour, maybe more. I do not know. And I flipped my truck and, yeah, I pretty much almost died. Dang. That, I remember um, that. Yeah, I flipped, I I flipped my truck like three times. It was, I remember it was, everything just happened in slow motion. And I landed and I just couldn't believe like, oh, I'm still alive. And you know what hurt the most at the moment <laughs> while after my crash incident? <laughs> Your wallet? No. My my drawing. Am I, am I allowed to say? <laughs> am I allowed to say balls in this podcast? <laughs> okay, well, we all we all go for it. We all know what you're talking about. <laughs> Nats. Um, yeah, and there's like a huge crowd around my total truck. You know, like one tire was like fifty yard, fifty feet away or yards, whatever. And there's a huge crowd, and they're all like, "Oh, we thought we we're gonna pull a dead body." Um, <sighs> And then they're like, oh, let's call an ambulance. I'm like, no, please don't. I don't have insurance. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so oh so God. luckily I made it out without a single scratch. I I guess I only bruised myself from a seatbelt a little bit. Oh, yes, always, please, always wear a seatbelt. Um, so I made it out. Uh, my parents were freaking out when they found out. But luckily my dad made it. Uh, when I first saw because he was on his like he was coming from mexico to pick me up and when he first saw me like he started crying and it was just something really really intense a really intense moment um oh and while while all of this was happening i remember like oh joe was kind of worried so i replied to his last message with a because he messaged me like hey be careful the roads are icy and i just replied with like yeah i know and I sent him a I sent him a picture of my total total truck. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> and he like immediately calls me and like is also freaking out. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I finally made it to Mexico. They check my groin injury. They check me for concussions because of my car accident. And I'm basically two weeks over there, just like laying in bed because I I literally cannot walk. Um, luckily. Nothing major. Uh, I just needed like anti-inflammatories, just rest. And I honestly, I was worried I would not be able to have kids. <laughs> it was that bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, coming back from that, you know, like I just, you know, I was kind of sad that I wasn't able to compete at the U.S. Open, given that it was my last year um, that my dad was going and all of that. But, you know, I made the best out of it. Um, I supported my teammates, which I still had a lot of fun. Uh, my dad and my old master got to see, like, really cool fights. So even though I did not compete at the U.S. Open, I still went. I mean, I paid for the flights. I paid for everything. So might as well go and, like, make the best out of it, which I did, honestly. I had a really good time. And I, I know you guys, from experience, I've also been yeah. to some U.S. Opens. And, yeah, it's a good time. Even if you're not fighting, and you're just supporting the part of your story that really hit me when you were telling it um, was when you said your dad, when, when he saw you, he just started crying. And I related to him more in that story than, than from your perspective. And, and, and it's definitely because mm -hmm. I'm a dad myself. But uh, So yeah, I, I guess I'll I, give I totally a little bit more details. So the thing is, he had a Mexican cell phone. And for some reason, the calls wouldn't go in. So my sisters had called him for like 15 times mm -hmm. and he all had, he had just missed calls. And as uh, soon as he got home to San Antonio, like they all kind of kicked in and my sister finally got through with him and told him like, Hey, Hector got in a car crash, he, but he's fine. But you know, it, it was the way she said it. Like, instead of saying mm -hmm. like, Hey, everything's calm down. Hector's fine. But he just got in a car crash. He, my sister instead said like Hector got in a car crash. Right. Like, even if it was, like, for him, like, the world just kind of stopped right there. Um, and that's why yeah. he... Well, I mean, I feel like either way, he would have cried, probably. Um, but 
I, 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 good thing I yeah. did get the chance to call my mom while like the police were like doing the report and all that. Like I called her, I sounded super calm and like, Hey mom, I'm mm. okay. But like, I just flipped my truck and she can hear it in my voice. That I was fine. So she was, she didn't get like that worried, but my dad like had no context, like had all yeah. these missing calls and like, yeah, kind of freaked out. Um, yeah, that was another thing I thought yeah. usually when I go through, I guess something that big. I feel like I'm gonna like suddenly like either start shaking or like be really scared, but somehow I did not. I was like super calm about it, and I kept waiting for it to hit, for the adrenaline to just hit, and it just for some reason it didn't. I don't know if I was too focused on other pains or something, but <laughs> it just never happened. But yeah, it was yeah, a, it yeah, was yeah. a very I guess special, but I would not want to have another <laughs> moment like that with my dad. With <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that year could have been very different Man. glad you're in one piece and that wasn't that long ago i mean two in the, year, in the grand yeah timeline two years ago that was only what two years ago um shout out to all the people that took me to groceries or like drove me around that last semester i didn't have a truck Ugh. yeah for the people that know me i'm really attached to my truck <laughs> and, and you ended up buying a truck of what is it the exact same model and same year too <laughs> And same color. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's what nice. I call it. Um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't even notice I totaled my old truck because I literally got the same one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, glad you came out stronger. Um, and you know what's funny? I still think you haven't missed a beat when it comes to sparring. I saw you sparring the last scrimmage and you still look pretty sharp <laughs> cup and all um and honestly honestly i think out of all of us you probably have the most style and coolest catchphrase or at least i don't i don't know if it's an actual catchphrase but you still had the cool most cool points when sparring i was i was refing you when uh -huh. you were sparring arnov and i could tell you were controlling you know and um Arnold was getting a bit too comfortable and I guess he was making a bit light of it. And so I, I called it out and he, he said a few things and you had the best comeback. You're like, Oh, you want some more spice? I'll give you some more spice. And, you just and then you could, you should have seen Arnold's face. It went from smiling to like, Oh crap, here we go. And he just turned up the pressure. It's like, damn, I wish I had a cool catchphrase like that, you know? I, like, I, I thought right you were going to bring up the, the, uh, um, the cheer that we have for uh, for Hector <laughs> Hector and Abraham and Aiden. Uh, yeah. Lechuga, that lettuce. Lechuga. I don't <laughs> that too. I don't even know. Oh, there's there's yeah. just the, it was an lettuce? old meme, and we, we, we... <laughs> very. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember how it started exactly, but it's a thing. Anyone um, has? Do you know that meme where it's like um you know. It's it's like um it's a meme where it's it's like this is a beautiful word in Spanish. It means you know perseverance or compassion or some <laughs> crap like that. And it's got like a sunset background. Oh. And it you know if you don't know any better, you're like oh my god, what a beautiful word. I'm gonna start <laughs> using it. But the word <laughs> let us uh, persevere. Let us yeah. win. Every I feel like every every generation of Taekwondo has yeah, like three very very weird inside jokes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I prefer to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, like all right, Mister Dad joke. Oh, <laughs> man, I guess yeah. those those transcend all time. You know, they do, and it, 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 it's fitting. That's that's kind I mean, of who I am. Given the I'm, circumstances, I think it is best to just keep doing inside jokes. You did not. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying each, to pull Daniel class has giving the quarantine thing. <laughs> oh. You get it? Get it? Yes. Inside jokes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sorry, guys. I'm he so is... proud of you, Hector. Oh. He's never going to get invited back to this podcast, is he? Probably. <laughs> I'm the only pure one here. No. <laughs> yeah. And after that, I think yeah. I think we're done here. We're gonna, we're gonna stop right here. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, this is a good stopping place. Um, gosh, yeah. Thanks again, 
um, Hector. Uh, actually, thanks again for all the coaches. I think this is really um, a good way for our athletes to see inside the minds of their remote coaches who they don't get to see very often. Um, this, will, this will definitely go a long way. Um, so, yeah, uh, with that, I'm going to I'm going to sign out, but not without a few closing words. Um, yeah, so I'll go around the room. Hector, any, uh, any closing I, words? I feel like for the recurring theme there? for me was like, you know, let's start, like, keep looking at the bright side of things. Uh, let's adjust, given to whatever circumstances you're in. And yeah, let's keep pushing harder and let's get out of this stronger together. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's keep that energy going. Cool. And just because we're in the current situation doesn't mean we can't find other ways to kind of stay together and still keep our momentum continuing. Be strong, but be flexible in all senses of the word. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. And, you know, mine, when I've said before, uh, it was what an old Navy chaplain told me, uh, yard for yard, Life is hard, inch by inch, life's a cinch. So we'll take it one day at a time. This is Coach Hector. Um, so this is Coach Mike. Oh, I thought everyone. I thought everyone. Let's try that again. My bad. Yep. Man, so this is, so this is, uh, this is Coach Mike signing off. This is Abby. This is Coach Daniel. Hook him. This has been another episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. If you would like to contribute to the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund, please contact Texas Taekwondo Alumni at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, hook em. <laughs>